Hello everyone, it's Jerry at The Fledge and welcome to Every Damn Day, Season 2, Episode 18. This week we are going to have a rerun of our guest Mark Herrick, who was on last year and who unfortunately passed away from COVID in November of 2021. Hello, everyone. It's Jerry at The Fledge, and welcome to another episode of Every Damn Day. You know, I've got a, a musical uh, uh, twist to the show today. Not a twist. We're going to talk about music a lot. And I was sitting there listening to that beat, thinking how I always uh, appreciate MY during 99 Problems, but a pitch ain't one. And I don't know if I've ever mentioned Jeremy Hurt making that beat in that video for the intro. So shout out to Jeremy Hurt for... Uh, uh, making the intro, making the beat, and making stuff that's unique to us here at The Fledge. Also, I got my Lansing Over Everything uh, t-shirt on, so shout out to Cecil. Still looking for you to come on the show and uh, chat it up with me. So uh, today, I've got, you know, I, I always say like new friend or good friend or great friend or whatever, and I don't know what to say about Mark right now because I just met you, but I feel like we've known each other a long time. We're in sync, in harmony. That's exactly it. We're in harmony. <laughs> so uh, what you been doing? Where are you at today? Well, um, I, right now I'm out in Phoenix, Arizona, and I have been working on music for over 50 years. And I was an illustrator. I did a lot of artwork and things. And, uh, and so from our family, you know, I grew up in Lansing and went to Waverly High School and uh, on the west side. And I made friends with a lot of people around Lansing who were all into music, you know. And uh, back then it was, uh, what kind of high school dance are you going to play at? You know, <laughs> and that was me. I I was uh, playing the guitar, and uh, and having in underneath it all. This is kind of like a bottom line thing. I could never figure out how all this music stuff went together. So that was been been a kind of a uh, a curse, but also it was something that I wanted to figure out. I was intelligent enough to look into it and I could draw well. Uh, hey, well, just uh, a couple questions real quick before yeah. we start down that a little bit. Um, what was, if you don't mind, I hope I'm not aging you or that that matters to you. Um, but is this the seventies when you were? Yeah, I gotta say this is going to age me back then. It was about, it was around 1968 when I graduated. Okay. And then I went for uh, about till 72. And then uh, I started working at Michigan State in the chemistry department. 
Yeah. My, my uncle was a musician that would play uh, high school dances like that. And uh, what yeah. About the, what about the big, uh, remember when they had the uh, battle of the bands and all of that stuff and you yeah. go out to the armory and watch these guys battle it out. <laughs> yep. I do remember that. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. That was on South Washington down there at the armory. One time I did one of those and, uh, with a friend of mine named Jim star from Lansing, we are all West side guys. And, uh, so one of the guys was pretty famous around with a keyboard player was called Jim Pitchford and Jim played with froggy and the beef tones. Everybody's probably going to know that name. <laughs> around Lansing but yeah. uh, we're all we were all buddies you know all music guys and uh, had some great times together earlier when we were preparing for the show and just talking and you were kind of teaching me things about you um, you used uh, the term music illustrator and that created a million images in my head of what that could be yeah. what's what is what were you talking about what is that well, it was, I, ha I would have to say, you would probably have a publisher, somebody like Hal Leonard, okay? And they would hire somebody to come in to do the art about their music book. And that's the guy that I would, end, would have ended up being if I hadn't gone and just done my own thing, you know, for, for all these years. But I became a... Uh, a technical illustrator for the chemistry department at Michigan State University. I saw that on your bio on your website. Yeah, and and so, uh, which was very interesting musically because the curator of the building, his name was Jack Kinzinger, happened to be a jazz uh, B3 organ player. So every time he would come down to my room, I was the only artist on staff. He'd come down there to talk music with me rather than chemistry. So this, uh, we became friends and he introduced me to other music professors there at the college who would over the years edit my work, a very special friend of mine called B. Magino and another guy who was named Owen Jorgensen. Both of these professors, uh, Owen was a world-class pianist, and he also was an author on temperament. So he hmm. would go places to tune pianos in a special classical way so people could uh, listen to the music like it was original. And, uh, and so I made a lot of friends out there at the college and uh, always loved East Lansing tell you what yeah, yeah. I, I love being around these big universities yeah thinkers yeah. <laughs> so uh chemistry and music and earlier we were talking about math yeah. you know I'm, I'm what were you what were you drawing what were you illustrating like for textbooks okay. uh i'll give you the story okay when i would go into the chemistry department Every time I went to work, I would end up in different labs, and in every lab there was the periodic table of elements, that chart on the wall. And I kept playing guitars on the weekends and nights, and so I said to myself, 
you know what? I need to have a music chart that shows me how this stuff all organizes. I don't need to know that scale and that scale and that chord and that chord and never have it put together. I could play them. And sure, I was playing songs like Gloria and Louie Louie, you know, and stuff like that. So you got a guitar behind you. You want to play something? Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing. Well, anyway, so there was that chart, and then I, I was drawing these technical charts. So my job was, how do I figure out how to draw music in a special way that will show how things are connected and in order? Let me paraphrase that. In order. Okay, as how they work, not just having a bunch of terms and knowledge okay so i was starting into this and after about 20 years of doing it i came across a matrix concept and with this matrix concept it had a box with a letter in it like a and then it would have another box below it with another letter that would be a d and i was trying to line the court the chords of a P so that they would be in these boxes. And when I did that, it all came together as a, as a key system. But as I'm looking at this, I also thought to myself, gee, I wonder if I could find a chord in this mess. And I looked down and sure enough, there was a pattern for a major chord of three boxes, like a seven, like a number seven. So when I took this seven and I started moving it over this grid, it always gave me the correct tones to play for a major chord. Nice. That doesn't happen every day. This is what they call integration. And I ended up developing a brand new mathematical system for music. Instead of like at college level, they teach functional harmony with all this stuff, all these chords and scales. What I teach is integrated functional harmony. It's a brand new thing. It's got brand new terms. There's things in it like a uniclature no one's ever heard of that <laughs> and a uniclature is a measurement system where instead of look, measuring like a ruler with pitch going up and up and up and up now you're measuring like a star field with the center being the star being the number one tone and the other stars are the different intervals of pitch but they're always in the same order they never change so let's say this one out here is a certain number when i move this anywhere when i move this anywhere around the matrix it gives me the same information it only is at a different pitch it's very uniform the whole thing comes together like this now it did simplify the music system. Nobody's hey, do you, done this. I uh, uh, shared your website, website in the in comments the, over here. Yeah. And, and 
Would you like to go to the website? Sure. If you want show to it on? give it a little show, sure. All right. So where would you like me to go with that? Well, right up at the top first, let's show them what major harmony looks like. There he is. Just down a little bit so you can see his front. There you go. There's the three boxes, like a seven, that represents the major chord. That's major harmony. In my experience in Lansing, Michigan, I also created an up north character called Buck Wilder. <laughs> And I did a fishing book called Buck Wilder's Small Fry Fishing Guide. It ended up going throughout the state for 10 years and selling over a million books. So that taught me how powerful cartoons were. And that's where major harmony came into play. I wanted to get my new theory across to people. It was simple. It was colorful. And it was easy to learn with just these simple boxes. It's not like you got to read the staff and look at all these black notes and put all this math together. It's just how do I get the colors from that box on a color keyboard and play it or on a colored guitar or any of this. So, so there came major harmony. And I patented it, patented the music stuff. And I came up with that character. So if we go down a ways, we'll see the first thing that was developed was an app. There we go. That's called Major Harmony's Chordland app. This is a this is really a unique app. Why? Because it's organizing everything you can think in music to that color grid that's on the right-hand side. That's what they call the harmony puzzle, okay? And it's all figured out. Now, it looks like a lot of notes, but what's actually happening, if you see the, the smaller one of the colors, that's the universal E music code. And all that the bigger one is, is it has that same order replicating around on the outside. So if you look at the big one and you look for a blue one over a white one, everywhere you look on that chart, you're going to see the blue over the white, the blue over the white, the blue over the white. That's how uniform this is. And then, of course, we have the colored keyboard so people can learn. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so go down a box and I'll show you what a chord looks like. Okay, now, in order to get the different chord sounds out, I gave a character to it so that when you listen to a chord sound, you actually can think of a character, and it has a pattern. <clears throat> now, we know, like, the first one was a major chord with three boxes like a seven. This chord only adds one note to it. It's called the, the minor seventh tone. And what that does is that pattern goes around that inside area with the big letters, allowing anybody to instantaneously know what the tones are in that chord. 
It's not a matter of you got to go to college for 14 years to try to figure this out. <laughs> it's a lot of knowledge. All I, I did the homework for everybody if they would come to know this. And that, that okay, let's go down one more. This just is, this is how a key works. And it has a home plate. It has a ladder for building up. And then it has a mountain peak. And that particular cord is the big cord of the key. And then it comes back down to the small home key where everything goes back to rest. So this is a kind of lessons that are being taught in here. All right. It's not too technical. And it can really help a person understand music in a very, very short period of time. So sticking with this one for a second, it said uh, an iPad app. So people can get this on their iPad. Can they get it on any other device? We're not quite there yet, Jerry. I'm sorry okay. to say it. We're, I had to learn how to code an Apple app. That was like learning Chinese to me. <laughs> And I was able to do it, and I got this together, and it's working great. It works fine. It's had other professionals look at it. And this is, this is one of the two apps that is now available in what they call the Mac App Store. It's specifically for Apple products like the iPad. Okay. Uh, but we're going to go out to other ones eventually. <laughs> So I got an iPad right here, so I could okay, I could go. download it. Well, the first thing you have to do, and oh, by the way, I forgot to mention this. This has an extremely expensive cost to it. And I'm sorry to say that, but you're looking at finishing a guy's music education, which would cost $30,000. And now we're going to go and charge people $20 for the app. That's how much it is? Yeah. $19.99? Yeah. <laughs> so I just want people to have it. I'm not looking to get rich. I'm looking at trying to help kids and families and people who've been in my same boat trying to figure it all out. All right. Does it for them. So, anyways, uh, yeah. What on our on this particular website, there's an Apple link, but there is also a four-minute demo, so you can watch how it does it, and then there's a link right into the Apple Store. Now you're coming up to another feature. As a bonus, let me just say this. As a bonus to this music education, there is also a 30-minute animated cartoon on the quest for harmony within it. So let's say a teacher gets the app, they can put they can port the iPad over to a big TV screen in their in their classroom, and the kids can get all interested in the music thing, and then they can go and actually start learning. So Let's go down a little bit. That's static distortion and princess tuning with her two-tailed woofer twang. 
And that was the little icon to go right to the app on the app store for 20 bucks. All right. <laughs> Is your primary customer that you're targeting right now the, the teacher or the parent or the student or all of them? Well, it's all of them because what happens is, unfortunately but true, is all these teachers are busy doing what they do. There's not, this is so unique that anybody would come up with a universal connection code for the whole thing. It's so unique. They're not ready for that right away, you know? And so this is what I got to be talking to people like you who are wonderful that helped me get this out there so that people start to understand, hey, there's an easier way. <laughs> I, I know a bunch of guys at the uh, School of Rock, and oh, yeah. I, I would like to pass it out to, or not pass it out, but show them this and um, see what they think about it. That would be wonderful because yeah. we want people to try and get involved. Now, I have to be honest to you. I will be honest to you. There, there is, uh, there's a lot of applications still left out there. Mm. We're looking at areas of trying to help with music therapy. We're looking at the idea that we can bring uh, a different sense of teaching to a person with learning disabilities, let's say that the patterns that are already connecting these sounds are like their own language. And they don't, it's not a word thing that somebody that's got maybe some kind of a, a learning problem can, has to get a hold of. They can hear the harmony and see the colors and this is going to make connections in their brain this is what uh we hope will turn out to be a cognitive uh development you know breakthrough for this because the music therapy don't have a lot of really good tools right but now this... they're going to have this if they get if they get into doing it and the and people follow it. It's going to be a really cool thing. And I didn't mention this, but the the what I call the harmony matrix, the the music puzzle, has also been done in Braille. And so the whole thing about bringing this to to visually impaired students or people is there. Plus a movie, maybe we're looking at trying to get a, a TV special going on this. So anyways, <laughs> I, I think it's fascinating from, you know, you've got a few patterns that you're presenting to us in these apps and you must have millions of patterns running through your head because you seem like a cross-functional thinker. You're a systems thinker and that you were able to see that music needed the same thing that chemistry had. And I think you threw a little physics in there a little, you know, with your uh, twisting I, and vibrating. I have to say that, uh, well, this is gonna be steering it a little bit different, but I'm a born again Christian. In the old days of the Bible, 
during the tabernacle days, the priest used to wear a gold plate that had 12 stones on them. They were the 12 tribes of Israel. Those stones were arrayed in three by four, three, three rows with four in them in each row. That's the exact code that I am presenting today as the music system. Did so you? Maybe may all kinds of science based into this material that they don't know about yet. Yeah. As a mathematician type of thing. Uh, did you create the three rows of four based on your knowledge of that? Or did the three rows of four come out and then you said, shit, this is like this? <laughs> hey, you know what? <laughs> it was a surprise to me because what happened was when I had it finally boiled down to this three rows and four, someone came up to the, me and talked about congruency. And I thought to myself, what the heck does that mean? You know, I don't know what congruency means. And so they said, well, you know, in me, in math, math, there's a equal sign that looks like two parallel lines. And I said, yeah, I know that one. And he says, well, congruency is three parallel lines. And the actual definition of it is all the parts are brought into agreement and harmony. And that's what this turned out. I think they use that in logic when they, they map out logic when yeah. both sides are equal. I mean, that, that they've come to the same conclusion. Yeah, that's think, that would right? be the same idea because it's all concepts. Yeah. You know, it's vibrations too, but it's concepts. So this is, uh, this is super cool. Um, you know, we we talked, I, I don't know if it's popping out yet, so I just want to ask you, what's your mission? What are you trying to do? What's your vision, maybe, that you see when this is all working or out there being used? There's a charter school in Clarkston, Michigan. It's called Cedar Crest. I had been there a few times with good old Buck Wilder, my book, but I also got to know the owner of that place and I asked her if I could come in and teach the kids some music lessons with my new new system and she said great her name was Betty Moen and so I went in and had a class of 30 kids I brought in an electronic keyboard that had color on it according to my puzzle I put the puzzle up on the keyboard and I set the keyboard to play a complete band when they pushed down the right notes of that chord. And I pumped it through a big speaker. All of a sudden, these kids were coming up. Who wants to play a, a minor chord? You know, it's three boxes that look like a, a letter L. And the set in the, in the corner is the one you want to put over a big letter on the puzzle. And they would move that box pattern over on that and get the right colors to play and then they'd push it down and all of a sudden the whole room starts rocking and uh and i saw this happening and i said oh my gosh this is really wonderful these kids are so enthused about learning this stuff and i knew i had an edge that could really penetrate into 
setting up a foundation of understanding with music. And now there's many scientists that say that music education develops smarter kids. And so this is what I'm, I, I had, it's my goal in life. You know, this is what I got. I got something that if they have a foundation of this, they're not only going to have kind of like a creative thing so they can do a hobby or, or even a profession at some point, but they're going to be able to actually understand one subject. Now, you could bump them back to math. You could bump them back to English. You could bump them back to uh, history. And, you know, the thing of it is, is they might not ever get a, some of those students will never get a handle on what any of that stuff means. They're not going to be the OA students. So this kind of is a sense of, hey, man, we can empower these kids with knowing something. And to me, that was like, this is what my goal is. Now, I have had all kinds of problems because this is a a modern world and people are busy doing their thing okay but when i have this which can be proven out mathematically i'm trying to get a hold of people at berkeley who will listen to me berkeley in in boston there are other colleges all these people i'm trying to reach out to because i want everybody teaching this because we could get smarter people. So I put it together, they'll be smarter. You should come pitch on our 99 problems, but a pitch ain't one. <laughs> we reach you know, a lot of MSU people. Oh, do you? Yeah. Well, there you go. And I've had some responses on LinkedIn from MSU people, and I'm happy about that because it's there's. Um, I'm getting in there, you know, it takes a while because they don't, people don't understand the dynamics of a brand new music measurement and musical system. They don't have, they don't have a clue as to how that can be, Mm. but that's what this is going to amount to. And they should be, you know, I I don't care. Bring on all the professors. You can test this out any way you want. You're always going to come down to the one conclusion that all these chords and all these scales and all these keys are connected in this, what I call the universal E music code. Boy, thanks for letting me talk about this. <laughs> well, what, what's something you do every damn day to push your mission forward? <laughs> well, what I like to do is try to reach out to teachers and people who have little conservatories and these kind of things to try to get them to wake up. You know, I want them to know this and it's a tool. They have a thing in music that's uh, called the circle of fifths. Okay. And musicians supposedly use this all the time. This is the circle of fifths is in the universal E code, but The E-code is so much more powerful, showing you where every tone in every chord is connected perfectly, perfectly, perfect harmony. So that's my mission every day is that I I know that I'm kind of, uh, (laughs) 
jaded, you know, or whatever you want to say. Uh, it took a lot of work, and I've, I have, uh, and it's my life work. But now that I'm here, now where I'm talking to guys like you, who are kind enough to have me here, is that I feel like in my lifetime I'm able to convey the meaning of the harmony matrix. Yeah. And that is a that's a huge huge thing for me to leave behind you know if i if i was to go i would want people to know hey this is this tool is the music tool use it get a hold of it find it yeah. out learn about it and you'll be i tell you what it doesn't take a rocket science to figure what i did out it's just a simple puzzle well, I would I would say one thing, though, I meet a lot of creatives and innovators and entrepreneurs who, you know, they can feel that the pattern's there, but they can't quite put their finger on it and they can't quite solve yeah. the puzzle. Yeah. And they can spend a whole life doing that, which maybe you spent the last 50 years doing that. Yeah. But to actually find it and to actually be able to demonstrate it, right. it must feel spectacular. Well, it does. Uh, if you would have seen those kids light up in that classroom when they were rocking, it was like, uh, I don't know, it was like I was putting them on the golden path of harmony. <laughs> I was giving them the way that they could, if they stuck with it for a short time, and people in the industry got serious to back it up, um, it would be something that's going to change people. Just think, hey. kids that that are out, that are tended to go out and become streetwise, now have a musical knowledge. All of a sudden, it's in them. Yeah. And that could mean that they be, start becoming creative. Hey, you guys, let's not let's not let's not just fight over our 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 group. Let's let's get together and actually try to jam. And we yeah. know what we're doing now. <laughs> My so, friend David uh, Lopez would go along with this. I know he would. <laughs> yeah, he's over there saying go blue and all this other stuff that it's interesting, <laughs> though. Um, so we daisy chained the shows together. And yesterday on the show, I had uh, James Stages uh, from ProFireworks.com. You might know him from BigFireworks.com or American Eagle or even his dad was selling fireworks 50 years ago yeah, probably sure. it's been around a while yeah his question for you is if there's one thing what is that one thing that makes you successful at what you've just done i would say i love god and his love has helped me to love these children and that's what i I am mostly driven by all the time is that I want to, I can enrich their life. If they were to learn music, it would be a wonderful thing. And that's what I, that I know I can do it. So that's why I keep trying. Yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you, Jerry, for having me on your show. Yeah. So tomorrow on the show, I've got a guy, uh, Brian Knickerbocker, and he, uh, what question would you like me to pass to him? And he's a drummer, by the way, and I think he's got a new single out that I'll be promoting tomorrow a little bit. 
Well, number one would be keep the beat. <laughs> the, the next thing I think I would say is that um, we, do you feel that helping, if there was an easy way to help children get smarter, shouldn't we use it? Yeah. So now if I ask you that question, I bet I can guess your answer. Find out about the color puzzle. <laughs> it's on majorharmony.com. Yeah. It's all there. There are free lessons. There's free downloads. And the apps are only 20 bucks. Yeah. So I just shared the uh, website again. Uh, Chris Pruitt, who I think is also sitting out front, said, Mark, you're awesome. And he said, go God. <laughs> well, um, thank you. Happiness. So, you know, at this this part in the show, I, I say four words, happiness, sadness, uh, joy or hope. But when I was writing out the notes for the show, I accidentally wrote harmony. So I'm going to stick with it. There you go. Happiness, sadness, joy or harmony. Which one would you like yeah. to talk about? Hey, you know, we're I want to make one little pitch. We're after some kind of producer to do a harmony movie and I have it all laid out and harmony could be brought to the world through this method, through this media. And so anybody that knows anybody about how to pitch a movie, I got a pitch on pitch. <laughs> we do know some people that know how to pitch a movie. Well, this would be very helpful because it, it would bring, uh, characters like Princess Tunine together and uh, her two-tailed woofer in the land of Muse. And uh, when that all goes bad because of static distortion, the big electrostatic beast and everything, it's a fun movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go to that word harmony, though. Tell us about it. What is it? 